Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Johnson, welcome to the show. So very glad to have you with us. Well, we live in interesting times. This, of course, is St. Patrick's Day like no other. Um, bars and restaurants throughout Milwaukee and Milwaukee County ordered closed down. Other bars and restaurants in outlying counties um, effectively, if not closed down, significantly limited. You have people being encouraged to essentially not go out unless they absolutely have to. You have people being laid off right and left. Yesterday, the worst day in the stock market since 1987. A little bit of a rebound now. Um, the Dow Jones up 600 and about 600 points. The NASDAQ up about 280. We'll continue to, of course, follow that during the course of the afternoon. But, you know, as, as a general rule, we live in interesting times. We're going to be talking about a number of aspects of, of how concerns about the coronavirus is influencing America life. And in some respects, this is kind of the Goldilocks show, because I think some things that we're doing are not enough little bit maybe too warm too cool some things i think are kind of an overreaction yeah and i think it is possible look i realize this is a big deal i get it but i still think some stuff some stuff you're doing not because it really makes any sense it's just we're doing it to say that we're doing something so you know it's the goldilocks thing some soup is too cold some is too hot and a lot of stuff i think is is just right we're going to be talking about all sorts of aspects of that as we move through the program including some other things that are going on in the world but let's face it this is the dominant story we live in extremely interesting times when it comes to this but here's how i want to start off the program today i've uh, had the pleasure of working here for years and years and years and we've We've gone through all sorts of things together. I remember the shows after September 11th and the way that impacted people. I remember the shows after we had the essentially the economic meltdown in 2008 and, and how that impacted people. And we're at the early stages of something that... Uh, we, we certainly have never seen in my lifetime, and I hope that we, we never see again, which is, depending on where you are, our ability to, to travel, um, at least it's recommended to be limited. If you live in the West Coast, I mean, San Francisco has placed a shelter-in-place order, essentially saying, you know, don't go out unless it's to go to the pharmacy or to go to the grocery store. You, you've had all these different steps that are taken. I, I know your life is being disrupted. I, I get it. Schools are closed, so that's providing, you know, issues for those of you who, you know, have school aged children and then but still work outside the house. So I know that there's issues going on like that. 
Um, you have all the other stuff that's going on as well. If you work in certain industries, your your businesses are being closed down, and chances are um, if you're a worker, you might very well be laid off applying for unemployment or whatever. If you're a business owner, perhaps you're looking at your watch saying, okay, how long is this going to last and how long can I go? Um, am I going to be able to reopen my business when inevitably some of these things are lifted? All these different things that are out there, this is affecting each one of us. So what I wanted to do to start off the program today is I just wanted to ask you a, a relatively simple, straightforward question. And that is, how are you doing? How are you coping with this? How are you doing? Are you stressed? Has it reached the point where you hate to turn on the television because all you see is is doom and gloom? You look at the financial markets, like I say yesterday, the stock market, the the biggest one-day collapse since 1987. Um, we're, we're told that the number of people contracting this is still increasing and perhaps increasing exponentially. Just a, a broad question, and we, we try to do this, and it's one of the abilities that I have, this electronic kind of town hall, which is just to simply say, I mean, how are you coping? How are you doing? I don't have a specific aspect of this that I want to discuss. That's coming up later in the show. But how are you doing? How are you getting through this? Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How are you doing with all all the stuff that's been going on over the course of the last two weeks, and especially the stuff that's been going on over the course of the last, you know, 72 hours. American life changing dramatically, at least for the short term. How are you coping? How are you doing? How much of a burden is this? What are you thinking? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This, we're going to start the program off with with a little bit of an electronic town hall. Back with your calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Look, the usual way we start the show is I come up with a topic, I give you my reaction, you call in, we react, and then we, we discuss it. I want to do something a little bit differently today, given the fact that this is a St. Patrick's Day like no other. We're being told that, gosh, we have to change our lifestyle, at least in the short run, dramatically. And my question is a simple one. How, how are you doing? I mean, how, how are you doing with all this? Let's start with Al. Al, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Uh, just calling in. Uh, I got a just something to run by a work search thing. Uh, they shut the restaurants down. They told them to go collect unemployment. And then uh, when they do file, now, if, if you're not union, then you have to do a work search four or five, six times a week. So they, I believe this should be waived mm-hmm. temporarily. And uh, because they tell you to stay home with your family. The governor was just on, you know, you want you to stay home and stuff, but Yet you got to do a work search and go out and find work before you can get your next unemployment check. I don't know if they've overlooked this or what, but it just seems to me it needs to be brought up. Yeah, and, and Al, thanks for calling. I, I don't necessarily disagree. I have to think through that. But, yeah, I mean, typically you have to, to collect unemployment. You have to be actively looking for work. And at this point in time, 
for example, if you're a waiter or you're a server in a, a restaurant industry, the reason you're out of work right now is because all the restaurants are closed. So I, I think you make a valid point. Have to think it through. But but yeah, in this particular matter, for at least the short term issues, I, I I would agree. If your industry is effectively being shut down, and that's what we are doing when it comes to bars and restaurants, I think you need to have a little bit of flexibility. No disagreement there. Um, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How are you doing? Connie in Portage. Connie, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm a nurse, so I wash my hands all the time, uh, quite a bit. So I haven't really done anything different. Uh, I went to Portage to Walmart yesterday. The only thing they're out of is toilet paper and some foods. <laughs> right. And uh, but but the parking lot was full. Tractor Supply, the parking lot was full. It doesn't seem like anybody up here is doing uh, too much. I'm going to play euchre right now. And um, But I listened to uh, Andrew Cuomo on MSNBC this morning, right. and I have never, I've never listened to him before. And I, my daughter was with me, and we were so impressed with that man. Uh, he should be president instead of what we've gotten off. <laughs> I think he would and so thorough in everything. The only thing I agree with the last caller, he did not mention unemployment, and I think that he's right, that should be covered. Yeah, I mean, a- absolutely. But, because, uh, right, see, this, this reminds me, and, and I understand there, there's some of my Republican friends who are reluctant to get on board with it, this bail, whatever you want to call it, stimulus, bailout, emergency aid package that they have. And, and I think there, there's times where I, I understand, for example, the theory you know, we, we don't want government mandates on businesses and things like that that might stay forever. But at the same time, when you are faced with extraordinary circumstances, for example, back in 2008, when we had the, the big, you know, the bank collapse, well, a lot of people were thrown out of work. Unemployment typically lasts six months back then. All right. Well, there were a lot of states and the federal government that ordered it extended. A lot of states said, okay, we're we're not going to limit it to six months. We're going to limit it to a year or in some cases like 18 months. And I I supported a lot of those initiatives because you were looking at extraordinary times. This is an extraordinary situation, and we need collectively to get people through it. How are you handling this? Let's talk to Richard in Cedarburg. Richard, you're on WTMJ. Richard. Richard, there? Okay, let's try Pete. Pete, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi there. So I'm a school bus driver in the Madison area. Uh, Typically work 50 to 60 hours a week, and that went to zero real quick on Friday night. Um, My company's told us we're going back in early April, but I I just don't believe that because of the the gravity of the the crisis. So I don't fault them at all, but it's very unknown. So I'm, I'm looking for some other options, maybe driving for Amazon, but not sure what to do. Right. Um, the, so it's the scary. Other concern so that it's I scary have, for you. Go ahead. It's scary for it's you. It's scary because I have I have bills to pay like we all do, but I recognize this is bigger than me, and a lot of us are in the situation. So I applied for unemployment, but I, I'm assuming the unemployment office is overwhelmed, like their biggest day in history of applications. So my other concern is that this morning I went to my church, like I always do, and the pastor came in and said, the government has told us we cannot have a service. And I'm concerned long-term about our First Amendment rights, the right to public assembly, and the right to religious worship being violated. Yeah, I think, you know, and what, what we're seeing, hopefully a lot of this stuff is is a short-term thing in the state of, of emergency. And I guess I'm I'm thinking, 
My guess is a lot of a lot of the restrictions we have are going to be reassessed within the next week or two for exactly th- those purposes. How can you order the churches closed down? Um, you know, what is the longstanding impact to the economy if you order restaurants essentially closed? How many of those restaurants are we going to lose? All those things. So I, I'm, I'm hoping this is a short term thing to try to you know get us over the immediate problem and thanks for calling i and i am sympathetic by the way it, you know to the the school bus drivers um i I'd got i think i got an email or a phone call from somebody yesterday who was um he, he wasn't a school bus driver but he was he, he drove for one of the bus companies you know like a you know where they you know where you, where you take people on trips you know and of course that that entire market has, has dried up a little bit later on we're going to talk about the airlines i mean the airline industry has it's just absolutely been devastated. And it's not just the government travel bans stopping flights from Europe or things like that. It's the fact that, you know, Americans are collectively, we're canceling flights right and left. So, you know, you see the major airlines, United and Delta and Southwest, all cutting back flights and capacity. I mean, they're they're going to essentially park 300, 400 of their planes. And this, what does this mean? It means pilots get laid off. It means the people, you know, working in the airlines end up getting laid off. It has a huge impact on that industry. Plus, then you've got all the impact on the travel industry. I've been following stuff going on in Las Vegas. You've got some of the major hotels that are being closed. Number one, because of safety issues, but number two, because nobody's coming anymore. Um, let's talk to David in Waukesha. David, you're on WTMJ. Hi, good afternoon. Hi, David. Uh, just some background on, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Hello? Go ahead. We okay. can hear you. Uh, just some background, background, background on me. I'm a 60-something uh, professional, highly educated. I've got assets in the stock market. I've got people who uh, uh, could be dramatically affected by this virus, and I'm okay. And I think the reason I am okay is because I'm a 60-something-year-old. I've seen stuff. I've been through stuff. Uh, I understand that time uh, uh, happens and then things change. So my recommendation for those who don't have uh, the seasoning of years is just to ride it out and um, it'll all work out. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, and that's, I mean, Thanks for, I mean, that's that's kind of the attitude I, I think you have to take, which is, you know, don't panic. And and life does, in fact, go on. I mean, that that's just kind of the reality. I mean, I I was out and about today and I mean, I, I, I went to to my bank. I had to deposit some money. So I went to the bank and I I ended up uh, actually I even actually went into the bank because there was lots of people in the drive through. So it was quicker to go in there. The people at the bank I went to said, no, they don't have plans to close the lobby. But there was this there was a separation. It wasn't like there was a bunch of, of people there. You know, there were a number of businesses that were operating. We we're watching my nephew today. My wife is watching my nephew because my brother, who's a lawyer downtown, he had to go in and he was he was working. You know, I mean, we're getting on with our lives. I think the question is, we just have to be we have to be smart about it, which does not mean that it's it's not frustrating. And it doesn't mean that in the short term that there's not going to be various issues. Okay, let's go to some of the text lines, um, because my question was, how are you doing? Um, uh, Let's see. Don't panic, Jeff. This is great advice. But will people heed it? Well, I hope people heed it. 
I mean, I hope so. Jeff, I work as a cashier in a grocery store. We are open for business. What my concern is, is how we are protected. I'm coping, but I'm very concerned about my health and the health of my coworkers. You know, it was interesting. When I was in the grocery store the other day, I, I noticed that the cashiers, they, they all had those latex gloves on, which I thought, it was a good idea, and maybe even after this coronavirus thing goes, I think that's probably a a good idea. Um, da, 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 da. Jeff, keep in mind when talking about restaurants, if they stay open to run carryout orders, that means they are open and workers cannot file for unemployment. They won't need a full staff for that, two cooks and a manager, so um, they won't be working, but those people can't collect unemployment or qualify for government help. Yeah, my guess is in those cases the servers would be laid off. Jeff, um, this is Mark. As head of a household trying to provide for my family, that, that's hard enough as it is. Now add the stress of this, and it's a little hard to handle, and no sports to take my mind off of things. Um, it drives you crazy. Well, yeah, it is It is definitely an adjustment. There's no question about it. I've had this stack of books on my coffee table that I've been wanting to get to. Well, now the, the next week or two, hopefully, is going to get be an opportunity for me to really jump in there. Jeff, personal life, it's okay. However, I work in retail, and that's been horrible. People, it's not our fault. Please treat us like people. Yeah, that's that would be the thing. If you're fr- if you're standing in line at a grocery store and you're frustrated because there's no toilet paper. By the way, I'm going to send a tweet out about that because there is no. There's no shortage of toilet paper. There, there's not. Big story in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times yesterday. There's no, there is no reason in God's green earth to hoard toilet paper. There's no shortage. The only problem is that the, because the demand has been so great, that what happens is the stuff gets delivered to the stores, it gets put on the shelf, and then people just again go into this hoarding moment and they buy five times more than they need and then the shelves get emptied and it takes a day or two to get them restocked with the next truck. But there's no shortage of toilet paper. You don't need to be buying all this stuff. Uh, Chuck writes, Jeff, I'm doing okay. I'm very fortunate to drive a truck. We're still doing fine. When we slow down, then the economy is in trouble, um, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. I said, so we're, so we're doing, you know, we're doing fine. Um, all these things. I think that's kind of, that's kind of the attitude. I'm hoping that if we all, if we all, you know, take, take a deep breath, do what people are instructing us to do, be smart about this. I'm hoping that this too will pass in a short period of time. Um, Jeff, I'm upset. There are limited people affected by this, people with kids. My coworkers without kids haven't been affected in any way. Why are offices still open? Well, I think offices are still open because, I, you know, we don't want to completely and totally shut down th- this country. Uh, Jeff, I'm hurting. I'm emotional. I'm emotional with fear and anxiety. Um, I'm an Uber driver. Um, unfortunately, it's my full-time job. I don't know who to pick up. Yeah, and and my guess is there's a lot of people that aren't going out. That is an industry that's getting hit hard. All right, we're going to do this from time to time over the course of the next week or two. Um, coming up after the break, I want to focus on some specific things that happened yesterday, are happening today, but. We're all in this together. There's no question about it. And I don't mean to be Pollyanna about this, but we're all going to get through this together. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
Well, this is a St. Patrick's Day like no other. Effectively, at least around here, St. Patrick's Day has largely been canceled. Now, let me back into this topic. Uh, Last week, if you looked at some of the beaches down in Florida, like the beaches Miami Beach and Fort Lauderdale, they were packed with people. You know, we've been being told, you know, social distancing, keep your distance. Uh Uh-uh. People were, were out in droves. And as a result, what happened is that the mayors or the county executives in some of the communities down in South Florida, they announced they were going to close the beaches because that was the only way that they could stop people from coming out and congregating. Well, um, just yesterday, if you look at some of the pictures, Tampa on the Gulf side, that and people flocking to the, the beaches. And again, you know, people on top of each other. Spring break is coming up. So there, there's this issue about, you know, how do you keep people, particularly young people, who aren't necessarily worried about getting the coronavirus, despite the fact that they might be then carriers who bring it back and give it to others. You know, how, how do you force them into not not going out with large groups of people. Because if you just ask them to, at least if we look at what happened in Florida over the weekend, just asking people to do that does not work. All right, St. Patrick's Day, one of the big days of celebration, right? I mean, parties all over. If you run a bar in general, and an Irish bar in particular, I mean, St. Patrick's Day is, it's sort of like, you know, the Christmas season for retailers. It's one of those times where everybody's Irish, everybody comes out, everybody has a a good time. All right, so the concern that people had is, how are we going to stop hundreds and hundreds of people from cramming into some of these small bars in the area and and doing what they typically do on St. Patrick's Day. Well, you will recall over the course of the last week, the initial instructions were, okay, people shouldn't gather in groups larger than 500. And then that changed over the weekend. The instructions were people should not gather in groups larger than 50, which led to the order issued by Governor Tony Evers yesterday about how bars and restaurants – we're going to be limited to 50 people. So you could set yourself up for carry out, but as far as dine-in or going into the bars, you'd be limited to 50 people. And I actually know a couple bar owners and restaurant owners who were trying to wrestle with this. How are we going to be able to do this, et cetera, et cetera. Then yesterday afternoon, President Trump had a news conference, and for the first time, that 50-person number went down to 10. You should not gather in groups larger than 10. And effectively, that if you're going to follow that instruction, it really means that for you know, any sort of eat-in dining in a bar and a restaurant, um, off the books. If you're going to really limit it to 10 people, that that's just not practical anymore. And in the wake of that last evening, you had the Milwaukee County Executive, Chris Abley, and the mayor of Milwaukee, uh, Tom Barrett, who came out and, and issued an order to bars and restaurants that was effective at 12.01 this morning, um, essentially on the eve of St. Patrick's Day. And that order effectively closed all bars and all restaurants for everything except carry-out, delivery, and curbside service. And this was an an effort. They said, we're just going to close down these places where people go and interact, and we're going to close them down for the foreseeable future by our order with the idea that we're going to try to do everything we can to stop the spread because I think the concern is if we trusted people to social distance themselves, 
Some would, but others wouldn't. And those people who didn't, they would then become carriers. So in Milwaukee County, uh, effectively, restaurants and bars have been shut down except for carryout, delivery, and curbside service. That order only applies to Milwaukee, the city of, and Milwaukee County. So in our surrounding counties, you've got the governor's order, which says limited to no more than 50 people. But as a practical matter, I know a lot of businesses are saying it's just not worth it for us to try to stay open with that limitation. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, here here is my Goldilocks question. All right, in Milwaukee County, we have now said bars and restaurants closed down for the foreseeable future except carry out delivery and curbside service. No eating in. If your typical St. Patrick's Day regimen was going down, sitting at the bar, getting yourself a corned beef sandwich and having a couple of glasses of Guinness, you are not able to do that. And as a result of that, like I say, a lot of bars are just saying, you know, we're it doesn't make any sense for us to just try to stay open for the occasional carryout thing. So we're closing down. This is my question. Was this too extreme to order all bars and restaurants closed down? Or alternatively, should should this be the norm across the state? Because like I say, throughout the rest of the state, at least at this point in time, there's not an order shutting down the bars and the restaurants. It's the guidance from the governor, which says no more than 50 people. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this an over... Are the leaders in Milwaukee County overreacting by ordering all the bars and restaurants closed? Are people throughout the rest of the state underreacting by not ordering all the bars and restaurants closed, but continuing to operate uh, again with with the provision that we're going to strictly limit the number of people who can be inside? What do you think? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. Alex in Port Washington. Alex, good afternoon. Yeah, hi. Um, I guess as I'm calling you right now, I'm en route from Port Washington to, to go down to Milwaukee to see if I can have a little fun. And my reaction to this has been is I think the government has done us a real disservice. I think back to 2008 when we had the swine flu and a 1,000 people died during the first month. And uh, 13,000 people allegedly died during a 10-month period. We didn't shut everything down. Everything continued normally. And I won't go over all the rates for what number of people that die every year because of the flu. I just wondered, think about all those people, those hourly workers that maybe have enough money in their chicken account to last a week, possibly two. What's going to happen two or three weeks from now when they're out of money? Oh, no, it's, it's going so, to be, if this goes on for any length of time, it's going to be economically devastating. At the same time, if if this spreads as rapidly as people say it spreads, don't we want to try to get a handle on it before it, it gets to be an, an epidemic and you have 20 or 25 percent of the population who's infected? Yeah, I think what they're going to find out as they do the review on this is that, sure, a lot of people are going to be affected. A lot of people are going to be asymptomatic. But in the end, how many people were really damaged? And again, 
it's only those really in that older age group that are going to pass away. And that's unfortunate. But in, in all, there's 330 million people in America that are going to be affected by this. So we're going to try to do this to save a few thousand lives. You know, I'm not sure as an, I was an economist in college and you do the cost benefit analysis. Was this worth crashing everyone's 401k and, well, I think that's. You know, what's going to happen? I mean, I think we're going to look at that a, a, a few weeks from now. Because, I mean, my big question, I guess, thanks for the call. I mean, my, I, good luck finding some place to hang out in Milwaukee because all the bars and restaurants are closed right now. And uh, you can get some takeout and then take it and sit in your car, I guess, and eat it. But, I mean, that, I, I guess. I mean, I think there is always a cost-benefit sort of analysis. What we're trying to do now is they're trying to get a handle on this to stop it from spreading like wildfire. Now, there's always going to be a point. At at what point in time do you say, okay, we've done the best that we we can? Can can you keep businesses – can you tank the economy? Can you keep businesses shut down for month after month after month? At some point, you're going to have to make those hard decisions. This is – I guess to me that this is – okay, we're doing this at the early stages because we want to stop – we want to stop the spread of this, and, and maybe we're hoping that we can develop some vaccines, and I understand that's a ways off, but we don't want this to become Italy, where all of a sudden this thing spikes and you have a lot of deaths. But it, it's a difficult balancing act. But I guess the question is, by closing all the bars and restaurants for the foreseeable future, are we going too far? Jeff in Bayview. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Uh, yes, hi. I'm... Hi. Uh, I, I think it's overblown a little bit, but, um, you know, it's uh, with all these businesses closing down, uh, you know, people aren't going to be making any money. And I know money's not the issue really here, but, yes, it is because people have bills to pay. And, you know, when, if they close the grocery stores down, we're really going to have a problem because you have to eat. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody – I mean, th- see, I don't think anybody's talking about closing down the grocery stores or, or shuttering – Shuttering businesses that don't involve like lots of human contact. The, the concern, I, I, the way I understand it, is large groups of people coming into close contact with each other. You know, I mean, let let's face it. You go into a lot of Irish bars around St. Patrick's Day, and it's it's a petri dish. I mean, and I say that lovingly, but it's people crammed shoulder to shoulder and all that interaction. That it, it's different. If you're going into a, a bank and there's three people in the bank and there's the two tellers and you're separated by five or six feet, you know, as, as you push your stuff through the counter. Now, is, is it possible that somebody can still get infected that way? Yes. Is it as likely as having, you know, 250 strangers crammed together shoulder to shoulder? No, no nothing is perfect. But I don't think anybody's talking about closing down the, the, the grocery stores at this point in time. I think what we're trying to do now is do some of the things that will stop us from having to, to do that. Now, let me answer my own question. I, I, I think I, I think everybody is handling this uh, appropriately. I, you know, for example, some people say there should be national mandates. You know, West Virginia has no cases. There's, there's no outbreaks of coronavirus. So do you treat West Virginia, where there's absolutely no outbreaks, the same way you treat Seattle, Washington, where, where you have a huge problem? My answer would be no. You, you look at what the needs are. Now, in, you know, the city of Milwaukee, in Milwaukee County, where you have a higher population, a higher density of people, you know, maybe it's appropriate to say, okay, you know, we, we've got all these bars that are out here. We've got large groups of people that are going to be coming into contact. 
contact with each other, so we're going to close them down. At the same time, for, I don't know, Washington County or Ozaki County or Fond du Lac County, where they do have a couple instances of this, or, you know, you know, figure it out, Jefferson County or, or wherever, might it make more sense to take a less stringent approach and say, we're going to follow what the governor said yesterday, and our recommendation is going to be, you know, no groups larger than, than 50. I, I think this is one of these examples where it makes sense to, to again, look at what the needs of a particular community are. I'm not going to rip on Chris Abley and Tom Barrett for saying we've got to have a complete and total shutdown. They're dealing with a large population center, and maybe they figure this makes more sense. But just because you do it here doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do the same thing in Manitowoc County. And maybe, you know, allowing the places to stay open, going back to the recommendations of, you know, no more than 50 people, maybe that's a reasonable sort of step. And that's why I think it's appropriate to leave this up with the guidance that we're getting, leave it up to the different mayors and the county executives and stuff to figure out what is appropriate for their particular areas. The thing is, we collectively as people, we got to be smart about this. We, we, we do. And I, I have to admit, I was kind of cringing yesterday or two days ago when I'm looking again at these pictures from Florida and you have all these people, predominantly young people, but all these people, you know, crammed together like sardines on a beach. And I understand it's outside, but still it's like, what, what aren't you getting about this? We want to try to get a handle on this now. So two or three weeks from now or a month from now, or whatever, we can get back to some sense of, of normalcy. Steve in Brookfield. Steve, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, I would completely agree with that, Jeff. And I think also if we want ever, you know, our parents who might be above age 65 or our grandparents ever to lead a normal life to where they feel they can be safe, everybody has to be in this. And I think that last caller is the problem right now. People don't understand viruses. You know, this is not so much a highly infectious virus, but it's a highly, highly contagious virus. The death right. rates and mortality rates aren't of MERS, aren't of SARS. However, the contagion is what we're worried about. New York Times just came out with a really good tool where you can play around with infection rates. And basically, if this country gets infected at 43% and we hold the fatality rate only at 1%, we know it's at 3.4% now. This virus quickly overtakes heart disease and cancer at the same time. Yep. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's up to us if we care about anybody with ailments, we care about anybody that's above 65, and if we care about our grandparents. Yeah, to, to, be, right, to, to be smart about it. And again, that's why I, I think now, the, the other practical matter is, I mean, I don't know about you, but the, the truth of the matter is, that to the extent that I would ever have this desire to go and, hey, I, I want to immerse myself in a group of 300 strangers, you know, drinking in an Irish bar on, on St. Patrick's Day, um, I, that, that's fine. But, I, you know, the, the truth is, I think a lot of people aren't going to do that. Denny in Wapaka. Denny, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff, thanks for taking my call. Yes, I own a pub. We, we were open on in Wapaka. We had and we're very well thought of okay we're right and we have people that drive a long way to come in we were going to because we had no confirmed cases in wapaka county and again we don't have any testing either so keep that in mind but we were packed friday night and we had people that flew in from south america and florida and drove in from towns that had already identified uh, uh cases i mean madison uh you know final act right. green bay 
we said, we can't do this. we got to protect our staff, protect our patrons, protect our community. We closed it on Saturday morning, put the word out, and we probably got 30 texts thanking us right. and right. emails. So, so are, you, are you completely... You know, if you're talking about, if you're about talk, driving to Milwaukee to have fun, go have fun in you know, somebody's garage with a case of beer. Right, so you're, gonna, you're completely closed down. We're closed. Right. We're going to close till we weather this out. And you're not, yeah. and you weren't, your community didn't order you to close. You just figured it was the right thing to no. do. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. All the other most popular places, I shouldn't say that, one other, there are three of us in the Wapaka County that closed, and we probably have the crowd that comes from the furthest. Right. Okay. And because it's a resort area and you have people sure. with, with those homes. But it's a tough decision. I mean, we're not rich enough to pay all of our staff until the end this gets over. Right. But this isn't the, the models I'm seeing could be hundreds of thousands of deaths right. at the worst case. I hope it doesn't get there. Right. By did, the way, did, did your, compa- did your competitors stay open or did they close yes. as well? They did stay One open. One smaller place closed and the rest of them are open. Got it. I think we haven't talked to them. It's their choice. We get it. You know, you got to make decisions. But at the end of it, we had been talking about it for a week. And finally, when we looked at what happened Friday night, and we're a popular place, and right. we're used to being full, but and we're a place. I mean, I would turn around and get a hug, yeah, because that's the kind of place we are. And where did you go? I just came back from Florida. Good to see you. I'm going, yeah. holy man. Yeah, right. Thanks for <laughs> no, thanks for or I just got in from South America or whatever. Absolutely difficult decision. I respect bar owners, tavern owners, restaurant owners who are making that call. The market is going to deliver a lot of that. I'm not going to criticize Abley and Barrett for ordering the bars and restaurants in Milwaukee County to close down. I'm also not going to criticize the governor for not ordering everybody to close down. I I think you have to use common sense. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. One of the things that I think we can do, and we should do, is provide context. And hang on for just a second, Eric Pilstead. I just, I think we can provide context. And as I was saying in the first hour of the program, I, I, I don't I think it's important not to underplay the effect of the coronavirus. Um, and, and obviously, I think a number of the steps that we are taking, we're trying to get ahead of the curve. But it was really interesting. The last caller I, I had said, well, it, some of the numbers, I, I'm seeing that there might be as high as a 40% infection rate. That, that was the number that they, they were using. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so I, I was doing a little bit of math during, during the break. <clears throat> China which is where this the, the outbreak started. Okay, China, do you know how many people there are in China? Uh, billions. 1.4 billion. Yeah. Okay, I, I've got the number. Now, you got to take it with a grain of salt because there, there might be more. There's this issue of underreporting. But mm-hmm. at least the, the numbers, as of yesterday, the number of total number of cases coronavirus cases reported in China, and again, it, it could be low, but, but even if it's low by a number, it's 80,800, 80,800 out of 1.4 billion. That translates into like 0.05%. Right, right. It, it's, not, it's not 40%. And, and of those 800, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying it, I'm just trying to give people a little perspective. Of that, of that, that 80,801, 881 cases reported, 3,226 total deaths, 
68,715 total recovered and 8,000 active cases. And again, I'm, I'm not poo-pooing it, but sometimes I think people hear these numbers. Oh, it's, there's, gonna, there's a potential for a 40% infection rate, and and that's not how this has played out mm-hmm. for whatever that's worth. Sure, you know? right. So, yeah. I mean, you want to be concerned. You want to take precautions. Um, you know, Italy. Um, Italy has 60 million people. And, and Italy's been kind of like ground central. 60 million people. They have um, 31,000 total cases. 31,000. Uh, 2,500 deaths. Okay, that, that's that's terrible, but that's that's like 521 per million. It, it's not close to 40% or 30%. But a number that still has been catastrophic for their health care system right. to deal oh, with. Oh, I, I, no, I, absolutely. And again, I'm not... No, I know what you're I know what I, you're right, I'm, I'm just saying that I, I think... You know, sometimes you know, people hear these numbers. Oh, there, there's a there's a likelihood that you're going to get 25 or 30 or 40 or 50 percent of the population infected. That that that's that's an enormous number, and it would be scary. It's just not how it's playing out. Which isn't to argue that we shouldn't take all these different sure. steps. And obviously, that's the idea to try to to try to minimize it. But when I do hear people throwing around numbers like 30 and 40 percent. That's just not the experience anywhere else in the world, including mm-hmm. places like China. So it, it doesn't mean you you poo poo it. It just means context. Yeah, I give you that. Right. Yeah, sure. that, that's all. Just just and that's that's it. As I started this program off today, saying this is going to be kind of like the Goldilocks show. I mean, some some things perhaps too warm, some things not warm enough, and and some things just right. Which brings me. To what I want to talk about you with you next. Now we we spent you know the last segment of the program discussing the decision to in Milwaukee County at least order all the bars and restaurants closed for, to everything except takeout. That that order does not apply to the majority of the state where the the limit is no more than than fifty people. All right, so there, there's a list of everything that's being closed. One of the things that was ordered closed by the county executive, and as a matter of fact, I, I sent out a, a tweet on this. They ordered Milwaukee County Parks have closed all golf courses, golf clubhouses, disc golf courses, and dog parks. Disc golf courses and dog parks. Now, I thought this was interesting because this morning, about 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm driving into work. I drive through Estabrook Park, and Estabrook Park has one of these disc golf courses that are there. Now, the, these disc golf courses, it's if you've ever seen disc golf, course, disc golf, it's it's not like you have a thousand people playing at once. What you have is, you know, a couple guys. A lot of them look like they're UWM students or whatever. Some older people, and typically it's like two at a time. And there's always a handful of people out there, and they're they're walking. And yes, the two of them are, or maybe sometimes there's three people playing. You know, they're they're close together, but but they're outside. It's not like you're shoulder to shoulder crammed in in a bar. And as I was driving through Esterbrook Park today, if 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 this golf course if the disc golf course was closed people didn't get the word because there were people out there playing disc golf um then a little bit further down they have one of these little dog parks and i would say i counted maybe a half dozen people that were there you know with their dogs now again i i'm not poo-pooing the seriousness of this and i understand in, in certain sections especially when you're talking about closed in places where you don't want large numbers of people to congregate. I get, because I, I get the whole social distancing thing. I, I understand that. 
But at the same time, the reality is, because I, I do live in this real world, people are going to need, you know, places to go. People are going to need parks to walk through. People are going to need neighborhoods to, to walk through. And I understand we don't want people congregating, but the truth of the matter is, you know, especially if this goes on a, a few weeks, people are, are going to, you're going to need to get out and take a walk with your dog. You're going to need to maybe get on your bike and, and ride somewhere and, and do these type of things. You're, you're This idea that we're all going to just kind of sit in our houses and look at each other, I, I don't think that that's I don't think that that's practical. As a matter of fact, I think you have to give people reasonable and safe alternatives of things, you know, that, that they can can do. And I would argue, perhaps now more more than ever, you know, having things that you can do, you know, with your spouse, with with your kid, with your friend, um, in, in an appropriate setting. Is is important now. I I guess maybe I can understand you know an argument for for closing the golf clubhouses because people would perhaps gather in, outside and and maybe maybe even the golf courses. But I mean disc golf, dog parks, things like that. I mean I guess my question is if we're doing that, shouldn't we just flat out close the parks? And if we did something like that, would that be? An overreaction. Are we really at a point now where we, we don't want to give people any options to, to go outside and, and walk around? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I understand we're, we're trying to do things. And, and the, the one thing that none of us want to get accused of is, is underreacting to a particular situation. So I... <clears throat> I understand why we're closing community centers. I understand why we're closing libraries. I understand why we're closing these interior places. I get why we, we don't have baseball at, at Miller Park. All right, you, you don't, we don't want 40,000 people in close contact. I understand why the NBA is called off games, so we don't have 8,000 people at Pfizer Forum. And I even understand, at least in the short term, you know, why we're, you know, saying to, to bars and restaurants, close. But, but what about the parks? And, and where do we draw this? And if, are we really at a point where, I don't know, we're worried that, that disc golf, is going to spread this particular disease and and where are people supposed to go are are we are we now at a point where we're going to say don't walk outside on the sidewalks don't walk around in your neighborhood because if we're taking that point i i I have to tell you i i just don't think people are going to do that 855-616-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line um now i understand you know in san francisco They've got the shelter-in-place order. No foot travel, no scooters, no bicycles. Um, you know, okay, are, are we, except it doesn't apply to the homeless, which is a whole other story. But, I mean, are, are we at that point now? Let's start with uh, Gianni in Montello. Hello. Yeah, hello, Jeff. Uh, hey, you, you stole my thunder. Um, I think uh, while I am not a golfer, it's been a while, a decade since I've been on a golf course, but I have friends that golf uh, here and in Florida, and uh, it seems like we want people to go on the golf courses, get them out in the fresh air in the dog parks, and I suggest that if you're a golf course owner and the weather, up, upcoming weather is um, is pleasant when we get into April, all golf courses should be open. Let's get more people into the golf 
uh, well, or, phrase or, or just, and I mean, get them outside. Right. I mean, outside doing stuff. Now, I, I understand if you wanted to make an argument that we're going to close the clubhouses because, you know, that's where people congregate. Oh, OK. I mean, I, I get that. But, OK, you have a starter. Is that any different than somebody, you know, going into the, the bank and making a deposit? I mean, you have the starter, you go in, you give the starter your money and then you go out on the golf course. I mean, I, I you're, you're going to presumably be with those people anyway. So, I mean, thanks. And again, I I'm. I'm not trying to underplay this, but I'm kind of one of these common sense guys, and I'm sitting there figuring, okay, you know, how what what are you going to do? I I don't want to be irresponsible. I, I get it. I I don't want to contract this. I don't want to pass it on to other people. But at the same time, you 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 have to go on and live your life to an extent. So yeah, don't don't go into a bar with 150 other people. Uh, okay, I, I get it. But if my best friend and I decide that, hey, we want to go down to Estabrook Park, and I'm not a disc golfer, but we, you know, we, we want to walk outside and we want something to do. All right, if we're, if they're not going to let us do, do gift to um, the disc golf, but why why should we let people walk in the park? Is is that really where we are? Tina in Jackson. Tina, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Tina. Yeah, I go for a walk every Sunday with my dad down by Lake Michigan. He's 78. He's in good health. It's like, why can't we, you know, they should not seclude everybody from going to parks, from walking their dog in a park. It's not like you're congregating around hundreds of people. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. And I'm right now frantically because I need to get my snow skiing in. So <laughs> Ski Brule in Michigan is open. Their restaurants are closed. Yeah. They said you can bring your own food. It's not like we're skiing with hundreds of people right. at one time. You right. get on a chairlift, you go up the hill, you ski down, you get back on. Yeah, it, well, you like my dad said, you can't seclude everybody and make them right not live their normal life. Well, right. We, thanks for going. So that's why that's what I say you, you have to kind of balance this stuff out. So I, I, like I was saying, I, I understand the restaurants. I, I get it. I understand the bars. Here's a text, Jeff. If they close parks and things that don't make sense, then people will ignore those rules and therefore start questioning the rules that do make sense. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wonder if, if anybody was sitting there saying, okay, this golf, I mean, have, have you seen what happens with this golf? It's it's two guys here or gals or, or two people here or there. And, you know, it, it's not like there's 150 people jammed in together and, and they're walking around. I mean, it's I would argue now more than ever is when we want to give people recreation alternatives. Let them get out in the park. Let them walk as, as couples. Let, you know, let her take her 78 year old dad out and go go out for a, a walk. That's, you know, and, and you tell them to be smart. But that's. That's the type of thing, unless we're going to go the San Francisco route and simply order everybody to, you know, shelter in place and stay inside. But I'm not sure how practical that is. Back with more in just a minute. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Some of the things we're doing make sense to me. Others, I, I just think, are just a complete and total overreaction. In Milwaukee County, they've announced that all the golf courses are going to be closed. All the clubhouses are going to be closed. All the disc golf things are going to be closed. And all the dog parks are going to be closed. Well, that, that word didn't get out to Esterbrook Park when I was driving through here. But but really, I mean, I, 
I, I would argue that disc golf and, and arguably golf, th- those are social distancing activities. I mean, people have to have things to do. And if if we're going to close disc golf or the golf courses, I mean, should should we close the parks? Should we tell people that you can't? Go out outside your house that you, you can't walk around your neighborhood, that you can't get on your bike and take a bike ride. I mean, where do we draw the line? Chrissy in Milwaukee. Chrissy, you're on WTMJ. Hi, I'm a nurse. I'm a golfer. I think that having four people in a foursome every two, three, four hundred yards outside is pretty as safe as you're going to get. Let's say the hole's backed up and you have eight people that can stand quite, you know, far away from each other. Even if you go in the clubhouse, pay, get out, leave. I never heard anything so ridiculous in my life. Well, right. I mean, because I I understand the whole social distance and and even, okay, Okay, even the, the the president yesterday says limited to groups of, of 10. Now, Tony Evers is going with the other, the earlier recommendation of 50. You're not going to have 50 people backed up on the fourth hole at Lincoln Park. No. You're, you're just not under the any stretch. You, right. No. The most you have is eight people standing around, which always they kind of stand away from each other. Sure. You're not standing on top of each other. And when you're golfing, you have four people that literally are always 50, 60 yards away from each other, even if you have two in a cart. I mean, how much safer can you be? This is If you were all standing in somebody's kitchen, you'd have more of a chance than being outside on a golf course. Well, yes, exactly. And I guess that, that's my only perspective. And, and look, and I, I appreciate we want to get a handle on this. And that's why I, I'm trying to take a, at least what, in my opinion, is a common sense a, approach to this, saying, look, there's some things that we do that, that make sense, and we all have to be careful. But I, I do acknowledge, and, and this is, again, I, I'm not a disc golfer, but I, I, I drive through Esterbrook Park on my way to work and going home from work, and I mean, I never see more than a handful of people that are out there, and it's generally, like I say, it, it's two people who are walking in close proximity to each other, but it's not like there's a, a gang of a of hundred people or so. Jeff, I just drove through Esterbrook, and there are four people playing disc golf, and I would say maybe 20 people to dog park. No sign stating closure. I would guess the majority of people are unaware. I do agree with you that this is a bit much. Jeff, I hate golf, but I think the course, this is another way, I hate golf, but I think the courses need to stay open. Jeff, I'm an avid disc golfer. These disc golf courses are all self-pay, and there is no interaction with park employees. It is very much a social distancing um, activity. Um, Jeff, the CDC just came out with their new guideline restrictions of, of 10 people. Okay, well, again, I, you don't have groups of 10 people outside playing uh disc golf i i guess i i understand that you know we all want to do something but at the same time at some point in time i wonder if we don't say okay does this make sense or are we just closing this for the sake of closing something without thinking about the reality that that people do have to do things i mean you, people do have to do options unless we are going to again do what they're doing in san francisco which say that we are so concerned about this that we are essentially quarantining everybody in their homes you're not allowed to go out unless it's to go to the grocery store and if you want to walk your dog sorry i mean i don't think we're at that point nor do i think we need to be at that point at this point in time we want to be smart but smart isn't necessarily we're going to tell people that they can't do anything. All right, back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner.
Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right, be honest. Are you really afraid that you are going to run out? Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Run out of what, Jeff? Well, run out of of everything. Over the course of the last 24 hours, I've been in, in, in sort of an online debate. A couple people heard me say yesterday that... There's really not, big picture, a toilet paper shortage. There, there, there's not. And they said, well, oh, but, you know, I, I talked to the manager at my local Walgreens, and they haven't had toilet paper for, you know, two days, and, and they don't know when they're not when they're getting it. Well, to which I, I have in my hands, okay, today, story in the Wall Street Journal, yesterday, one in the Chicago Tribune, relax, America. The U.S. has plenty of toilet paper. Factories are flush with toilet paper. Um, the issue is, you know, short term getting it to the stores. America can spare a square. Here, this is just portion of the story. Jittery shoppers across the country are clearing shelves of bathroom tissue as coronavirus keeps people home and threatens to force more Americans into quarantine. But toilet paper remains plentiful, according to the two biggest manufacturers. Charmin maker Procter & Gamble and Cottonelle maker Kimberly Clark say they have ramped up toilet paper production and are able to make enough to meet demand. Kimberly Clark has started posting pictures of warehouses full of toilet paper in some markets. The problem is getting the product shipped to warehouses and retailers and then onto some store shelves quickly enough to keep up with sales. In other words, let me translate this. There's a ton of toilet paper sitting that's produced and sitting in warehouses. Uh, they, they ship it to your local store, you know, your ABC store. And then what happens is people freak out, oh, there's toilet paper. And so they buy four times as much as they need. You know, And, and then the, the shelves get empty again. Whereas if everybody just bought what they needed, you, you probably would not have this issue. My wife, yesterday, Fran, she goes, tonight we are, um, we're, we're eating in. The, the, one of the things about this is that at least short term, we're we're not going out to dinner as much as we would. Although, I, I'm really starting to rethink that. I'm starting to think, hey, maybe these waitress, these restaurants we like. I mean, maybe if they're doing carry out, I, I want to. Maybe now is the time really to patronize them for carry out. But in any event, tonight the plan was chicken casserole. She makes a chicken casserole. So she says to me yesterday. She said I went to four different stores. There's no chicken. People have purchased, bought all all the chicken. There's like a run on on chicken. And so she, she at one of the stores she went to, she talked to the guy at the meat department where he knows, and she, the guy says, I've just never seen anything like it. And she said, well, are you getting chicken tomorrow? Yeah, we're going to have plenty of chicken tomorrow. It's just people came in and they just panic bought all the chicken we have. Now, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I guess maybe you take it and you freeze it and and then, you know, you're, you're set for two months down the line. But. You know, at the store, the guy was saying, "Okay, yeah, we have plenty of chicken. We just we're out of it for the day because people rushed in and, and they grabbed all all the chicken that they could find." Our number eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. There is all this I don't know panic buying, hoarding. We use whatever word you want. Smart precautions, maybe. But I mean, I, seriously, are you really afraid? 
that, that you're going to run out. I mean, do you really need to buy two years worth of toilet paper to put down in your basement? And I understand it's not going to go bad. I, I get that. But, I mean, do you really need to run out and buy two years' worth of toilet paper? Do you really need to run out and buy, I don't know, six months' worth of, of chicken that you're going to you know, put in your freezer or, or hamburger or a year's worth of canned soup? Because I, I think one of the reasons, it, it just kind of, it's this scarcity thing that feeds on it. Because then people who aren't necessarily into the hoarding or the stocking up, you go into the stores and you see, my God, I was just there in the store and there's, there's no toilet paper. And then you freak out. And so then when you find toilet paper, you buy three times as much as you need. I mean, are we are we giving into this panic or are you legitimately afraid that, God, if I if I don't buy two years worth of toilet paper, I'm I'm going to be out. I'm going to regret this. 855-616-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I know maybe you don't want to hear this, but I think in some respects we are, by doing stuff like this, we are our own worst enemies. Now, I would never suggest that, you know, okay, for, for people who have a little bit of bottled water and some canned soup and things, I, I, I understand that. I, I do understand that. But this need to say, I've got to buy everything on the store shelves and I've got to stash it in the event that I, I'm not able to get food over the, for the next six months. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just think it, it's almost a nutty reaction. It goes beyond just the, okay, we're going to take some normal safeguards. We're going to be smart, you know, in the event that there is a real shortage of something, you know, we're going to have it. But, but this idea that I, I got to have a year's worth of this or gosh, I, I've got to buy every piece of chicken that I can find. Um, I, I think, you know, by doing that, we, we just feed into this hysteria. 855-616-1620. Are you afraid you're going to run out? Dave and Oshkosh. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Um, I'm less worried about there actually being supply shortages and more of a worry that we're going to have a logistical nightmare. Everyone's gotten so used to buying everything on Amazon, getting a two-day shipment, that now you have to think ahead. You really need to plan. You have these runs, and you're going to have a hard time catching up with the backlog of everything. I'm worried that companies have kind of adjusted the levels of inventory they hold, knowing that you can order things just in time, and now that you can't anymore, mm-hmm. that you are going to have uh, localized supply shortages. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. At the same time, when you see somebody buying a year's worth of toilet paper, do you kind of just shake your head at that? A little bit, uh, but I'm also worried that this is a sign of what might happen in a month from now. So it's not going to be toilet paper, but what if it's ibuprofen? What if it's other fever reducers? What if it's other cough suppressants? The things that people are really going to need to keep their symptoms under control? What happens when we have a run on those? Well, that's I, where I'm trying to get concerned. Right. Well, thank, well, hopefully that's why I think cooler heads would, would hopefully prevail. And, and we'd sit and say, OK, there's really not a shortage of, of these type of things. Hand sanitizer might be the exception to that, because now, you know, what was the story we were talking about yesterday? The, the guy that he and his brother go out and they buy up all the hand sanitizer they can find in a two state state region. But for, for a lot of the sundries, for for the, the stuff in the food chain, you know, Campbell's is cranking out lots of canned soup. There, there's still plenty of canned soup that's out there. But the idea is, I, and I understand people freak out because somebody that would normally buy six cans of the soup buys six cartons of the soup, and there ends up being the shortage. I'm just saying if we, if we said, okay, we're going to buy a week's worth of the stuff, 
instead of buying six months worth of the stuff, there would be things on the shelves for everybody. And collectively, I, I think we would we would get through this a, a lot better. I mean, here's the bottom line. If it gets to the point that you need a two-year supply of toilet paper, uh, you're going to have a lot of other problems way, way, way beyond that. Let's talk to Todd in Greenfield. Todd, you're on WTMJ. All right, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So if it's unnecessary for people to hoard, don't you think it would be unnecessary for the media to keep posting the videos of empty shelves and long lines? <laughs> Well, it, it is it is kind of a vicious cycle. You know, oh, my God, I was watching Channel X News this morning, and they showed all these empty shelves. I've got to run out and buy my six-month supply. Yep. I think it would at least die out quicker if they stopped posting that stuff because it keeps the fear factor and the people that are freaking out already. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, thanks. I mean, I th- that is always that is always a fair issue, and it's... It's this whole question of the, the chicken and the egg. Now, the, the people, the news directors at the TV stations would say, this is news. We are just covering what's going to happen. But I understand your point, and I don't disagree with it. You're also feeding into that that panic that is out there, implying that, that stuff is going to end up being in short supply. Now, look, it, it may very well, first of all, first of all, when it comes to hoarding, I think stores should put limits on stuff. I mean, you know, and if it gets to the point, and we're we're not, we are not close to that point. If it if this if this goes from really really bad to code red awful, and they start looking at okay maybe maybe two months from now or four months from now maybe there is a shortage of of, of bare aspirin or ibuprofen or Aleve or, or whatever. Okay, at, at that point in time, you know, maybe that's when you start doing the rationing and saying, okay, you, you can each have, you know, people can go and buy like like two bottles of it. Okay, I, I get that. But, but that's only based on the fact that there's shortages. All I'm here to tell you right now is when it comes to these things, with the possible exception of hand sanitizer, where I think the demand has just far exceeded the production. When it comes to these various sundries, there's no shortage of them. There's plenty of toilet paper. And if you don't believe me, just I'll, matter of fact, I'll I'll tweet out these articles. There's plenty of toilet paper. Now, there might be temporary delays in, in getting it stocked on the store shelves because, again, people buy everything that hits the shelves, and it might cause temporary shortages. But there's plenty of toilet paper in the pipeline, no pun intended. You don't have to worry that you're not going to be able to, to get it. You don't need a two-year supply. That's just the reality. Six months from now, maybe it's different advice. You know, maybe the the end of the world as we know it is coming, and, and that's that's fine. And I'm not arguing, again, that people – shouldn't be prudent and you know if you've got a family and you want to buy some soup or whatever or canned some other canned goods or, or you want to have some you know dried pasta or, or whatever okay i understand that, that makes sense because maybe it's going to be you know a couple days where you don't feel like going out or whatever but even in these areas where you have these shelter in place orders they, they let the grocery stores stay open i mean that's we're we're not looking at another Stone Age, at least not right now. And I think we all make this worse by by panicking and by hoarding. Whereas if we just went about our business normally, with you know again maybe some minor adjustments, um, it would all be fine. At least at this point in time. But you know you know in this case 
what was the old Franklin Delano Roosevelt line? You know, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. I think there's a lot of just plain fear going on now, which is driving some behaviors. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff, just left the mire in West Bend. Not one piece of chicken or can of chicken broth available. I mean, seriously? I mean, re- really? I, I mean, it, there, there's not a shortage of, of chickens. I mean, that that's the truth. And this idea that, gee, I, I've got to buy, you know, five or six or seven times as much chicken as I would normally have and put it all in the freezer. I mean, for goodness sakes. I mean, I, I don't want to channel Aaron Rodgers, but you, you got to... People have to relax a little bit. Jeff, my wife and I live in Elkhorn. After church on Sunday, we had to drive to Woodman's in Waukesha so we could get a few extra items like toilet paper, our weekly food items, because our local Walmart was routed. I spoke to some of the stockers at Woodman's, and they said it was ridiculous. There's no shortage. People were acting irresponsibly. Well, you know, yeah, that that's that's it. I, again, you know, may, maybe you're going to be maybe worst case scenario, you're going to get the coronavirus and, and worst case scenario. And so you're going to be self quarantined for a week or two. OK, I, I understand that. So, you, you know, you have a week or two of supplies that are there. But do, do you need three months? Do you need six months? I swear this does remind me of the whole Y2K thing. If you have forgotten about it or were you too young for that, as we were approaching the year 2000, we, we had a nine month run up where everywhere you looked, there were, and, and actually, it, it uh, some of the coverage was pretty much the same. And you had all of these people saying, all right, what's going to happen is the computers aren't programmed to go from 1999 to 2000. And, and that was it. There's going to be this glitch. Computers are going to stop working. Airplanes are going to fall from the sky because their guidance systems aren't going to work. The banks are going to crash. Um, computer systems are going to break down. You're not going to be able to get money out of them. Um, the the grocery stores, the ones that have the electronic ordering, that's going to all fail. It's going to be the end of the world as we know it. And there were people that would call up this program on a regular basis when I kind of tried to interject what I thought was a level of common sense and tell me how irresponsible I was being and what everybody should be doing is everybody should be getting their own stocking up for their own kind of like panic room and put this in your basement and buy lots of guns and buy ammunition and buy two years supply of bottled water and foodstuffs and and typically the, the people that were saying that were the people who were selling all those types of things and then you know, January 1st, 2000 rolls around and nothing. Everything works just like it's supposed to. And you have all these people that bought two years worth of canned goods that are sitting in, in their basement. And now you got to figure out how are you going to use it and how are you going to get through it before they all go bad. I, I'm just I'm just saying you, you want to be prepared. Right. I'm an old Boy Scout. I get the whole notion of being prepared. But at the same time, you, you don't want to give in to panic and hysteria. Uh, because that just leads to more panic and hysteria. I, you gotta trust the government, I think, and I understand some people don't, un- enough to know that, hey, when there's really shortages between the government and the media, they'll, they'll tell you when there's, there's really shortages that are out there. And at least right now, when it comes to toilet paper or chicken or canned soup, th- there's not a shortage of the stuff. 
might be might be gone from your store shelves because somebody bought eight cartons instead of eight cans. But there's really not a shortage. It will be there moving forward. Hey, in the next hour of the program, I want to talk about a story out of the world of politics because we, we haven't really talked a lot about politics and how the coronavirus affects it. But moving into the election season and how things have changed, um, it now appears very clear. There, there's three primaries today, Illinois, Florida, Arizona. Joe Biden is going to win them all and he's going to win them all big. Uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign is all over, but but the shouting. So it now appears like you're going to have Trump-Biden moving forward. The big argument for President Trump, and a, a lot of people would say, look, I, I understand we, we don't we don't like his personality. He's kind of off-putting. We wish he would stop tweeting. But you know what? The economy is going great guns. All right, well, the economy is not going great guns now, and I think a lot of people are worried that we're looking at at a recession, that it's going to take a long time for the economy to come back from the bloodbath that has been caused by the coronavirus. I, I don't know. The economy, in my opinion, is going to come back, but I don't know how long it's going to take. Just, just don't. So the question is going to be if the big thing for President Trump that he had going for him was the fact that the economy is roaring, now, the economy's not roaring right now. If you look at your 401k or your IRA or whatever, you, you've lost a bunch of money. If you work in various industries, at least short term, you're, you're looking at a very uncertain future. Is is that the death knell for the Trump re-election campaign? We're going to discuss that coming up in just a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. So, Melissa, I, I give I give the Marcus Theaters credit. They tried to stay open. I mean, they, they announced yesterday that they were going to cut down the the number of people that they were going to allow in, in their various theaters. Uh, that was when this constantly changing recommendation as to how many people can gather. At 50, you could make that work. Now that they've adjusted it to 10 as a practical matter, they've now said that they're going to have to close down. Yeah, that, and I think it, for the time being, that makes sense. Um, all I you know, all my fitness, we were talking about our fitness places that we go to, they're all shut down. Well, yeah, the, um, the announcement just coming out a couple minutes ago mm-hmm. is I, the, the large, I, I, I think the largest fitness group in in the areas the wisconsin athletic club i I could be wrong but that's clearly one of the big ones Mm -hmm. um they've they have never closed their doors in 44 years they've been in business and they just announced uh today that um they they tried to keep the club open while maintaining a healthy environment but they've decided to temporarily close the the clubs uh today at 8 p.m i guess that I, i think again with the governor saying groups of when it's one thing you do it with 50 it's another thing when you say 10 so they're um they're going to be closing the clubs and you know what they say is they're going to put a freeze on people to pay dues i have two very good friends who work out there every day yeah and we actually we had dinner with them both on sunday and i said have you been going and they said yeah we we've both been going but uh, we, we've been kind of by Cautiously, ourselves. Cautiously, I'm sure. Well, also, yeah. but also we've been by ourselves, said, because uh, a lot of people just have been making the decision not to go, which is to your point on the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Might have said that Sunday night we were driving back from someplace, and there's a Marcus movie theater sort of across the street from where we live. Mm-hmm. And Fran said, hey, let, let's just drive, it's 7 o'clock, let's drive through there and see what it looks like. And, and normally on a Sunday night, 
you, you'd made, there'd maybe be a hundred cars. There were like 10 or 15. Yeah, the, yeah. These are strange times. I went to get some coffee the other day and found out my coffee shop is, was closing yesterday and, uh, all their, all their one pound bags were gone of coffee, uh, because they were going to be closed for the next two weeks. And a lot of people, you know, really like good coffee. So that's disappointing, but obviously this has to be done to slow the spread of coronavirus. Uh, I don't, you know, blame anybody for that. I think this is what needs to be done right now. Well, and also it's just a situation where, again, from the business perspective, Mm -hmm. I I think it, you know, people weren't going to the movie theaters. I mean, people are just kind of making that decision. Like I say, my my guess is the health club, they try to stay open, but they're they're probably like, well, you know, if if we have... If we have a fraction of the normal use, you know, why why bother trying to keep the lights well, on? Well, it's interesting because I went to the grocery store just to pick up a few items yesterday at Metro Market in Shorewood, and I noticed a few things that were different. The people that were manning the checkout registers, they all had gloves on. Well, yeah, I, I saw that. And gloves I, and everywhere. I, and to me, you know, that to me, that's a thing that makes sense. I, I definitely. Get, and matter of fact, that's something that maybe moving forward after we get past this, that 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 kind of makes sense to me. I, I know I've told the story. I, I I carry this little bottle of hand sanitizer mm-hmm. around, and I, I think after this passes, it's now gotten to be this habit that after I touch stuff, I yeah. I, I use the hand sanitizer. I don't know that I'm going to go back. I think that's just now this habit that I picked up. Well, and it's interesting at uh, back at the grocery store, so you can take your cart up to the second level and you go in an elevator because you have a cart, and that was a really interesting experience because everybody that was me and three other people, I believe, in the elevator. And I kept thinking to myself, oh, I shouldn't even be in this elevator, but you have the cart. And everyone literally just stood there. They looked at the floor. I, I swear, I don't think anybody even breathed. <laughs> and I used my elbow to um, press the button on the elevator. It just was so bizarre. No one was talking in the supermarket, just sort of this cloud of, of uh, uncertainty. Right. No, mm-hmm. it, well, it is. It, 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 Jeff, I'm concerned very concerned about this, um, but I'm maybe on the verge of panicking with mm-hmm. everything going on. And it is the, the relentlessly bad news and the headlines and, and all. Um, and yeah, how long can we stay home before companies decide this isn't working? The only thing keeping me sane while both kids are home and full of energy is headphones and WTMJ. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> that's, 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 that's yeah, what, hang in there. Well, that's it. Um, you know that we're we're all we're dealing with that stuff. And, well, it, it's actually yeah. it's, you know I, I think we've told the story around here. It's very very different because our, our company, which has been very very proactive, and I, I have a lot. I of commend respect. them for that. Oh, absolutely. I, I really do. Oh, ab- it, I say this, and people say, "Oh, you're just sucking up to bosses." I'm not. No. I, I'm not. I'm not at the point in my career where I have to suck up to anybody. That's <laughs> yeah. just that's just kind right, of yeah. it, it. But I mean, I, this is a great company to work for, and they made the decision early last week, or towards the end of last week, that everybody who could work at home does work at home. So mm-hmm. our, our sales department is not here. Our, our the people that schedule the commercials, they're working at home. Most of the managers are gone. There's always somebody mm-hmm. on duty. So there's a couple engineers, and there's the on-air staff. Yeah, a couple of people in the newsroom. Debbie's working from home doing traffic. She right. has a, a studio right. set up. And Jay, who does our digital stuff, he's right. working from home because you can. Right. Um, yeah. And, and so, I mean, I, I think if I were to count, I mean, we, we probably have at any given time, I mean, right now, there, there's certainly less than 10 people that, that are here, I would say. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's the afternoon crew, me and Gru, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, less than 10 people, I would say. Um, but, but I mean, that's what they're they're doing, and they've been very proactive that way. And, and, and actually... You know, for for those of us who are on air, I, I think if I went in and said I really don't want to come in anymore, would, would you spend the money to set up a home on home studio? They might do that. I don't feel the need to do that, mm-hmm. uh, but 
I mean, I think they're asking us all to be responsible, and they say, if you don't feel good, don't come in. Yeah. Don't get other people I sick. mean, and the thing now they're saying is, even if you don't have symptoms, you could be asymptomatic and still pass it along, but they say, for the most part, if you're showing symptoms, don't sure. come in. Right. I have two friends who are on quarantine right now because they perhaps... Uh, were around someone that had that had oh, really? it. so it's very interesting i mean it and I, I keep checking in on them saying do you do you need toilet paper do what, what do you need you know <laughs> tell do, me where i do can you go need to buy anything? it yeah. yes right because i i do have extra toilet paper at my place so um yeah it's just very interesting and i i think if anything i'm thinking about other people more than i ever did before to make sure they're okay you know checking in on people um in case oh, they need anything oh yeah ab- ab- absolutely mm. i mean i know we've kind of made uh you know, I, I know my my wife when she cooks, she makes a little more food than mm-hmm. we need, and we we've, we've taken it to a couple of places, and and she again demonstrating she's a better person than me. <laughs> she know which is if anybody knows this knows there's no secret about that. We were, uh, you know, she was out at the grocery store the other day, and she did buy like a hundred dollars extra worth of stuff, but mm-hmm. it, we took it to the church to distribute right. it to like a food pantry. It was kind of like yeah, I agree because that. that's the thing that people people who are, there are there is a need out yeah. there, and you have to figure out how to do it. Okay, okay, so that's okay. that's where we stand. Wisconsin <laughs> Athletic Club, first time in 44 years. They are closed for the foreseeable future. And my guess is, my, my guess is if there's any health clubs that continue to be open, I, it's, it's they're probably going to change that. And again, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're going to be in a position where, you know, a week, two weeks from now, we're, we're able to reassess this and start getting back to some sense of normalcy. All right. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Let's go where angels fear to tread into the world of politics. We we, we know a lot over the last – here's a couple. Of, first of all, there are primaries going on today. Joe Biden is going to win all the primaries. Uh, Bernie Sanders has not, as of yet, officially dropped out, but he's not going to be the Democrat nominee. It's going to be Joe Biden, and the election next November is going to be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. That's what the election is going to be. Two of the big things that the president had going for him for his reelection was, first of all, when Bernie Sanders was the leading candidate, I've been saying this for months, if he was the Democratic nominee, the race would not have been about Trump and his leadership and his eccentricities and all that. It would have been, does America want to elect a socialist? That that would have been the issue. Bernie Sanders and his policies would have been the issue. And as I had been saying repeatedly, I, I think Donald Trump would have won in a cakewalk because I don't think people would have voted for a socialist. Maybe I'm wrong, but Democrats aren't voting for, for Bernie Sanders. All right, so now you have Joe Biden. Biden is a moderate center-left Democrat. He's not Bernie Sanders. He's not Elizabeth Warren. Biden has plenty of flaws, but President Trump is not going to be able to run against him like he would run against Bernie Sanders. That that's you're not going to be able to portray Joe Biden with his lengthy history as, as being some a, a wild-eyed socialist. That that's not going to happen. So that issue has gone away. The other issue that has been a, a huge factor in the president's favor has been that people vote with their pocketbooks. And up until the last month, the economy has been going great guns. You know, a month ago, 
you looked at your 401k or you asked people about how do they feel about their, their future or you looked at, you know, people's IRAs, it had gone up significantly. Over the course of the last month, primarily as a result of coronavirus, but other factors as well, pretty much all the money that people have made over the last three years in the stock market has now disappeared. There's a lot of really smart people that some people think there's going to be a huge rebound. I think there will be. But other people say, hey, you know, we don't know when the rebound's going to come, and it might be that we have a recession moving forward. I don't think John McCain in 2008 was ever going to beat Barack Obama. Don't think he was. But any chance that John McCain had of beating Barack Obama ended in the fall of 2008 when you had the huge stock market crash in connection with all the problems with the big banks and things like that. That blow to the economy ended McCain's campaign, um, period. He was not, if he, anybody thought he was going to win, that ended it. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Biden will be the nominee, and you can't run against Biden like you'd run against Bernie Sanders. The economy, who knows what it's going to look like by early November. But right now, I mean, all those arguments about, hey, you've made all this money in the stock market, unemployment's great. Well, the unemployment numbers next month are going to be bad. I'm just going to tell you. They're going to be bad, and people have lost trillions of dollars of wealth over the last, you know, several, over the last month. Has coronavirus and Joe Biden, has it doomed Donald Trump's efforts to be reelected? Is this presidential election essentially over? What do you think? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I don't think the fat lady is singing yet, but I think if you would have asked me two or three months ago, I would have said I think it's 60-40 that Donald Trump gets reelected. Now, I, I think it's probably 40-60, maybe even a little less. Things have not broken well for the president over the course of the last month. All right, what do you think? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, have the developments of the last month essentially put a nail in the coffin of the Trump presidency? You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff, you're adding to the hysteria. The economy is going really good. I just checked my retirement account, and they're up about 12% when, from where they were 18 months ago. They're up about 12% when they are where they were 18 months ago. Well, good, good for you. I think for most of us, they are down dramatically from where they were a month ago. And I, I think the reality is you can maybe play with numbers, but the truth is, most of the money, especially after yesterday, that uh, that you made during the Trump presidency, most of that has, has kind of disappeared, which isn't to say it's not going to come back. I mean, look, I'm I'm not one of these guys who, who thinks I believe in the American economy. OK, I, I think that this coronavirus stuff, I think it is a blip, but I can't tell you how long it's going to be. I mean, the market was pushing 29,000, the Dow, now it's down to 20,700, up today by about, you know, 640 points, but that's after the largest drop yesterday in, well, in 20-some years. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 
is Donald Trump in trouble? Let's start with Dan. Dan, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Thanks for getting me on. Sure. Yeah, I think it, I think it will affect it, and I just want to say that you know to all the people that are going to vote for Trump for his economy. What kind of message are we sending to the next generation that we're willing to throw our morals and values out the window just for the sake of a robust economy? You know, is that the kind of example we want to set for our kids? Well, I guess my my answer would be, you know, people people have different views on, on morals and ethics and things like that. We all have views on, on our pocketbook. And typically, I mean, let's. Let's go back to, if we want to talk about morals and ethics, I mean, let's go back to the Bill Clinton years. Um, I don't think anybody would argue that Bill Clinton was particularly moral or particularly ethical, but, you know, he, he won re-election overwhelmingly and left office very popular because, well, what was it that James Carville, his top advisor, used to say? It's the economy, stupid. And, you know, that was at least the one issue that President Trump had going for him, at least for the first three years. Now, again, it's... We're, we're sitting here in March, and we've just looked at this the bottom falling out of the stock market over the course of, of the last month. Who knows what it's going to look like, you know, four months from now, six months from now. When we get a handle on this, I, I think there's going to be – I mean, I, I think there's going to be a, a real rebound. That's just my belief because people – you know, people still want to travel. I mean, I understand, like, the airline industry is getting hit right now, but there's going to be a time where people are going to want to fly to the places, and they're going to want to stay in hotels, and they're going to want to go out to eat. The problem is how we get from here to there and how much pain there is and how soon that, that pain dissipates. Let's talk to James in Milwaukee. James, you're on WTMJ. How you doing, Jeff? Real well, thank you. Okay, is Trump in trouble? Well, I, th- I, I think if it's a short-term, if he gets this done in a short-term fix and he gets the uh, stock market uh, back up and everything else, and also maybe some other industries uh, spawn from all this other stuff that, uh, in the health uh, field and everything else, I think he gets reelected. But I think if it's a long-term, uh, like you're trying to say, uh, maybe several months or you know by, by mid, mid-year, uh, I think he's in trouble. I think he's, uh, I think he's out and... Uh, Biden will be in. Yeah, no, thank, I mean, that, that's that's the battle. Will there be a rebound? Yes, there will. Jeff, here's a text. If the American people are that stupid to think that the coronavirus economic impact is Trump's fault, then they deserve to have Joe Biden's president. I don't think it's necessarily that it's, it's his fault, but I, I think there, there are a lot of people who, and I'll finish the, the text in just a minute, but there are a lot of people who have been put off by the president's demeanor, the the tweeting, that that type of stuff. But the argument has always been, okay, well, we, we find this to be off-putting or that off-putting. We don't like his personality, et cetera. But the economy is doing great. So whether it's – it's not a question of is it his fault or not, because sometimes <clears throat> things happen beyond people's control. That, that happens – I don't think it's the president's fault, although I will say I think the initial response to the coronavirus – was publicly at least was not good and i think that first press conference he had that that uh, press conference the speech he gave what a, a week ago wednesday night i i thought was was bad i'm okay anyway the text continues personally i'm more enthusiastic about donald trump with every day that passes i think he's handling this crisis wonderfully and has surrounded himself with an outstanding team of experts every time he has a press conference you can literally see the stock market rocketing upward huh 
Huh. I don't know that that's the case. It, it certainly was on, on Friday, though. Let's talk to Dennis in Milwaukee. Dennis, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Is the president in trouble? I think he is for a lot of the reasons that you articulated. Um, even when the economy was going great, his approval rating never rose above 50%. Um, and I, I think with regard to his um, uh, the coronavirus, as recently as two to three weeks ago, he referred to the coronavirus as a hoax. And, um, I mean, I'm not naive enough to say that the coronavirus is his fault, but if you'll go back to the Carter administration, the Iranian hostage crisis wasn't Carter's fault, but he still paid the price yeah. at the polls. Yeah, that, I mean, you're right. That caused, I mean, right, that that sealed the election for Ronald Reagan. No, I mean, thanks. You're right. And, right it, it's not a question of blame, but... It, if if the the robust economy was the biggest issue driving people's voting habits and you take that robust economy away well then then the question is what is what is left and again given the fact that the president's approval rating you're you're exactly correct has always been kind of it's always been underwater it's always or at least close and you know now the last and again i understand we take polls with a grain of salt and they're in they're in the 40s you know it's low 40s in of approval rating and now that you've taken away the issue of it's not going to be crazy bernie sanders no offense to those of you who are bernie sanders fans but bernie sanders the policies he wants to advocate in my opinion are crazy and it's certainly not in line with america now that you're not running against a Democrat socialist, whatever that may be, you've got a whole different dynamic that's there. 